It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Everything's on the table for the Cincinnati Bengals this offseason, whether it's a draft or free agency. We'll talk about some things that would surprise us and how wide open this offseason is for the Bengals. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network here on Locked On Bengals, bringing you coverage of your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. So hit the subscribe button on YouTube, hit the follow button anywhere you listen to the podcast on audio platforms, and we will be delivered to your devices via notification when we upload our content every day. And you can join the First Listen Club with the thousands of others of Bengals fans that make us their first listen. Today's episode of Lockdown Bengals is brought to you by FanDuel's Fan Duel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown today to get started. When we talk about the NFL draft, James, I feel like usually we have some idea about what's going to be on the table for the Bengals. Usually we have some idea of what the Bengals might do in free agency. You look back the last couple of years, last year, they're going to go get some offensive linemen. Well, we thought they might do that the year before too, but last year was very obvious. The team wasn't shy about it either. They were going to go address the offensive line in free agency. We thought they would draft a corner at some point. They did that. We, we thought they'd draft a tight end. They tried. They, they couldn't quite do it. Safety made sense given the Jesse Bates situation. This year – there are some things that are obvious that the Bengals will need to address this offseason, but in general, I referenced the 2015 year before we started, and that didn't go great for the Bengals in terms of the way that they tried to build for the future, but there's some of that same element here where the Bengals can prepare for the future, and they can try to make the team better this year for sure, but in addition to that, they can add depth for anticipated departures in the future to make sure that they have guys that can step into those roles coming after 2023 while also trying to make sure that they're on track 
for where they want to go this season. The 28th pick is uh, is already sparking so much debate, Jake. It's fun because we're going to, I'm sure, have plenty of debates about it or discussions. We'll say discussions. and Conversations. There's a lot of debate right now, and it's like, oh, man, they better pick a tackle. Darn it, if they don't pick a tackle, oh, man, they got to protect Joe Burrow. And so, obviously, that's one of the routes they could go. But I, I think you're right. As of today, and it's pre-combine, it's it, you know early on for us in the, the draft evaluation process, and I think we'll nail down the, the paths, much like we've done in recent years, uh, to where they're going to go with the 28th pick and, and different scenarios because you don't know exactly what you're going to do until you see the first 27 selections and free agency and free agency, which we'll talk about throughout this show and in the off season as well. But I think it's pretty open. Like let's just go through the debates right now that people are having offensive linemen. Is that in play? I think absolutely an offensive lineman at 28 in play is a defensive lineman in play. Absolutely. I think if George Karloftis had fallen one more spot last year, he might have been the pick at 31 and pretty confident in saying that. So defensive line certainly in play. Safety, probably not. I think that's one where you already have a guy in Daxel that you really, really love, and they'll figure out that other spot. You like Tyson Anderson, free agency comes into play. Do you keep Von Bell? Everyone's assuming that Jesse Bates is out the door. But you just go position by position, and let's go with the controversial ones now because cornerback isn't controversial. But you know what would be? Running back. It wouldn't shock me, wouldn't surprise me if they went with the, the top player on their board, and we're not going to make this a B. John Robinson episode, but certainly something that I think is still in play as of today. And – so really, I think they're open to a, a lot of different scenarios. Wide receiver would be a little surprising to me. I don't think it's a great class. But if the right guy's there, would it absolutely put me on the floor? No, we just did a, a whole show basically about how much the Bengals like drafting receivers in their history and never go two years in a row without drafting one. So if they're going to take one, why rule it out completely in round one? So I think a lot is on the table when it comes to the 28th pick and the debates that are going on now. That's uh, they're going to continue because it's going to to be kind of wide open. They're going to be open to a lot of different scenarios, a lot of different paths on draft night. Yeah, I agree with a lot of that. I think the things that would be most surprising would probably be safety, but I wouldn't rule it out. I wouldn't be shocked if there's a guy they really like there. If a guy falls, like if Brian Branch is available when they pick, they could just say, you know, what, we're going to pick the safety. They could also kind of write themselves out of this one if they go sign a Juan Thornhill or if they bring back Von Bell and they spend six to seven million dollars. At the position, they probably won't draft a safety at that point. But even then, if their top safety is there, it wouldn't be absolutely shocking. Linebacker would surprise me in the first round. We we haven't seen this team highly value. Like a, a true linebacker, position. not a rush edge type. No. Yeah, I mean an off-ball linebacker, and an like a Noah Sewell type player, not him specifically, but that position – that he plays the off-ball linebacker. Do the Bengals finally take their Sewell in round one? No, go ahead. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't think anyone is talking about Noah no. Sewell in round one. No. I just picked him to, to describe the position. Uh, but, like, it's injury defensive line, for sure. And and Kalijah Kansi is a guy that's been discussed a lot lately. You could see that one. Edge rusher, 
A hundred percent. If there's an edge rusher they really like there that's available, and like BJ BJ Ojolari from LSU is a name that could very well be there. Uh, wouldn't wouldn't be shocking, right? Any offensive line position wouldn't be shocking. Osiris Torrance, the guard from Florida, would be the guy on the interior that would be the most expected player, or any number of tackles that are kind of fringe for second rounders. And there's disparate opinions on some of these guys, but Anton Harrison, Dewan Jones, depending on your opinion, and Darnell Wright, depending on your opinion, would be the tackles you would look at. Wide receiver, I agree, would be a little bit surprising unless one falls. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Bengals pulled the trigger if one was available they liked. Jackson Smith, I don't know how to say his name. In Jigba. In Jigba. Uh, it continues, Quinn- man. Your, your name issues. It just get, That's part of you now. Especially with these Ohio people, these Ohio Cincinnati connected people, Ohio State and and Kentucky. Spoiler: Jackson Smith and Jigba is not from Ohio. Well, Ohio State is. (laughs) I know, I know. (laughs) I'm just being a jerk. Quentin Johnston, though, like if one of those guys was there, I think they consider it. Tight end obviously is a position they would consider. Quarterback is obviously not a position where where they're going to draft in round one. But like running back, wide receiver, safety, those would be a little bit surprising. Linebacker a little bit surprising. Linebacker actually, I think, really most surprising. Yes, everything given, else given their track record at the position, except quarterback. That's we'll rule that one out right now. Not yeah, I mean that goes without saying. I think like he's not even on our draft. Like we have all the positions on our draft sheet this year for the first time in a while, except quarterback. Well, I think actually, I think it's like 50-50 They take a quarterback. Yeah, in the sure. draft. But we, we, we evaluate generally for, for the Bengals, for players where they're looking for guys who are going to start for them at some sure. point. And you'd have to evaluate the entire quarterback class to, Which, to probably land on the guy they, they would draft versus just waiting till they take him and then looking at the guy. Yeah. So there you yeah. go. So, so it's, it's an efficiency thing. But in the past, like we haven't necessarily had safeties on every year. We haven't had running backs on for a few years. There, there have been years where we haven't, included certain positions and they're all here this year because RVs i think are back I, I think that all these positions are in play we didn't have linebacker i think one year maybe maybe they after picked, they took three of them after they picked three we might not have done linebacker <laughs> in very much depth so it just goes to show you the, the whole point of this is to say that they're wide open and so if they can take care of things in free agency you extend joe burrow you know they're going to extend jamar chase Say they extend T. Higgins. They know Tyler Boyd's coming off the books next year. They know they need an, a, a tackle because they have they have question marks to tackle regardless for 2024. So, like, tackle in the first round makes a lot of sense if a guy's available. They might have questions at running back in the future. So that's where the running back tackle conversation has been on Twitter today. The B. John Robinson versus a tackle conversation, assuming B. John Robinson is available there, it might be more like Jameer Gibbs or a tackle in reality, uh, if he's your RB2, which he is for a lot of people. Uh, but but the point, I guess, at the end is that none of these things would really be terribly surprising. Mm-mm. And that makes the offseason fun. It'll, of course, become clear as we get closer. It'll become clear as, uh, you know, free agency happens. And free agency is another one where they could go a number of different directions. They could. And I think there would be some potential surprises in store. Let's get to some potential surprises. What would surprise us if they went certain routes, took certain paths in free agency? And it might be a good surprise, but surprises nonetheless. We'll dive into that next. 
Today's show brought to you by FanDuel. The midway the NBA season has come and gone, and the second half of the year, and it's really like 20-something games, but the Lakers are trying to make their playoff push. The Golden State Warriors are battling without Steph Curry for playoff positioning, and all of these teams are trying to make a run, including the Suns. Kevin Durant could be back any day now, and that's why you need to get FanDuel's No Sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you get up to $1,000 in bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets with same-game parlays for a bigger payout. All you have to do for that no-sweat first bet is go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $1,000 in bonus bets. Again, FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Big money right tackle. We spent an entire episode somehow talking about Mike McGlinchey. And... That got people going. That became a, a thing on social media, huh? Was it was I don't think that was just us, was it? I, I'm gonna take credit. Uh look, Mike McGlinchey can be insert whatever name, just to be clear to our listeners that remember the show from a few days ago. Mm-hmm. I, I just want the solution, and there's frustration there. And yet one of the biggest surprises to me, given how the Bengals operate, given what they have on the roster coming up, coming due. We know with Burrow Higgins, don't have to get into it. You know, Chase. I would be pretty surprised if they were swimming in the waters of one of these big, big named right tackles. And yet I would welcome it because I, I if you have to pay a lot to, to get average at that spot, average is better than what you, you had towards the end of last year. And, uh, and really for most of the year, because Lyle Collins, he, he settled in, but there were times when, when clearly he was struggling as a pass blocker. He settled in, but it wasn't – It was shaky. Like it was consistent down the stretch or anything before he got hurt. He was up and down all year. He, he did get a little bit better than he started, and, and his health seemed to fluctuate quite a bit throughout the year, and it's hard to know how much of his play was really impacted by – nagging injuries that he was dealing with and playing through. Cause I do, I do think he played through a lot this year, but yeah, I mean, certainly a question, right? I mean, coming off the surgery, who knows when he'll be ready to go, all these things, they need to do something at right tackle. And, you know, some people in my Twitter mentions this week were like, why don't they, why wouldn't they, why shouldn't they go sign Orlando Brown and move Jonah Williams and get better at left tackle? And and hmm. maybe be okay at right. T- I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know how Jonah Williams would handle the transition to right tackle. But how much better is Orlando Brown than Jonah Williams? I, I don't know how to quantify it. Truth, truthfully, like five like percent better. Maybe ten percent better. Maybe 
Now, when you're talking about injured Jonah Williams, I guess, you know, that changes it a little bit. And yeah, that's the thing with Jonah that. is like he had a tough year, especially against Miles Garrett both times and, and uh, at least one other game that was like very tough. But he, he'd been a fine average right or left tackle before that. If Jonah Williams was a left tackle, people would be talking about him as a, as a tackle free agent, the way we're talking about Mike McGlinchey and Bengals fans are talking about Mike McGlinchey right now. Like those guys aren't very different as players. So no, uh, no. But by, by the way, if, if you told me you got healthy Mike McGlinchey and healthy Jonah Williams at left and right tackle, let's say for the next four years, I feel pretty good about those spots. Mm-hmm. Now health is the factor and that's the other question. And that's why people, I think as, as big of a reason as right tackle is the, the left tackle spot and the uncertainty there. And that's why I'm open to tackle and taking a tackle as early as 28 and, and finding that guy, that long-term solution. At the same time, I don't want to wait till the draft. And so that's why it would surprise me if they swam in the, the deep high-end waters of, of the, the right tackle market specifically, but they certainly have to address it, right? It would also surprise me just as much if they went into the draft without having added an Someone. offensive tackle that makes sense to, yeah. to that, that could at least spot start for six, eight games if you needed them. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I wonder where they look for that. That's, that's the challenging part is like, who, who is the guy? Because the names aren't necessarily super exciting. We've talked about Jermaine Illuminor as the guy that I think everyone should be circling uh, a guy who really had to come up and isn't, necessarily looking at huge money according to Brad Spielberger's projections, but like the other names you're looking at are like Andrew Wiley, George Fant, Cam Fleming, who we talked about, Trey Pipkins, unless you want to get close to $10 million a year. And then you're talking Isaiah Wayne, Caitlin McGarry, Jawan Taylor, and then McGlinchey up there. George, George Fant. Yeah. I think he was in New York with. Yeah. Um, had a no? tough year this year. Not, I'm not saying he's an, it's just, if there's, if you're not going with the the bigger names, like the high-end market, you wonder who has the connections mm-hmm. where. Mm-hmm. And the other part of this, maybe, maybe there will be some guys that are cut right now. What, we're 16 minutes in. We haven't mentioned Taylor Luan. I'm sure there are at least people out there wondering about him. I think the injury history age, I think the Bengals just kind of say, hey, we like Jonah better. And I don't blame them. You, what are they, what are they doing? Tackle, by the way. Where's he going? He's what on the team next year. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, so yeah. Where's he going? Well, 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 people would say Taylor Lewan left tackle, put Jonah right tackle. That's what people would say. But I don't think the Bengals would do that because, one, Lewan could get hurt at any moment and has a long injury history. Two, they like Jonah at left tackle, and they've clearly not wanted to move him. They could have moved him three years ago, two years ago, and they, they've kept him at left tackle. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what they're going to do there. I don't think that Jonah's moving. There, there's something that would be surprising, right? We, we started well, this by talking about, well, no, like moving Jonah Williams off of mm-hmm. left tackle. I think that he should be considered the by far favorite to start at left tackle next year. I know he gave up a lot of sacks. There's more to playing tackle than, than the sack number that is assigned to you at the end of the year. And he wasn't good in that regard. He gave up more sacks than you want for sure. But again, the track record for him, you know, playing through the injuries that he played through 
I, I just think that it's going to be challenging for them to to spend money somehow to make the offensive line significantly better than it was last year. So, you know, anyone other than Jonah Williams being the favorite for left tackle when training camp comes around would be surprising, whether that's because Jonah gets traded, which would be surprising, or because they bring somebody in to displace him. That would also be surprising. I think we're talking about something else, something lower dollar to, to have a veteran presence available at right tackle for like a plan B kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And even in the draft, if they took one with the 28th pick, what would, what would that player have to do to beat out Jonah? Right. A and, lot. To make that a competition a lot. So that goes with the surprising part as well. I have, ooh. if they drafted a punter, would it surprise you? Oh, we're going back to the draft. No, it wouldn't surprise me if they drafted a punter. Okay. I just would you be mad? Depends where it is. Sixth round. I mean, sure, fine. End of the sixth round. I guess I'm not like terribly upset. I, I always think for specialists, and I'm always my my, my mind is never going to change about this unless I'm Ever. faced with compelling evidence God. to the contrary. So far, I haven't seen compelling evidence to the contrary. NFL teams are not better at drafting specialists than they are signing them as undrafted free agents. And, and so that's why, I mean, maybe they're not better drafting in the sixth round than they are signing undrafted free agents. I think there's probably enough evidence for that, but there's, there's not been evidence that they're better at finding higher quality players in the draft for kicker, long snapper or punter than they are at finding those guys as undrafted free agents. Gotcha. So, so that's always going to be the, the bottom line for me. Yeah, I get it. Um, I think it's in play. I, I do wonder about the NFL punter-wise because it there were multiple punters drafted last year, and I don't think it really worked out as well as they were hoping. Those teams, at least, were Some hoping. Did. So maybe, maybe it's the, the opposite, and it goes in the, the other direction at least a little bit. And the same thing for, for kicker. It worked for Evan McPherson. didn't work for the Browns with Cade York. So we can, uh, we can put a bow on the show, though, with surprises, other thoughts, as the offseason continues to roll on next right here on Locked On Bengals. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. Think of all the amazing things in life that are expressions of you, your favorite football team, what you wear to the playoff watch party, that song that you stream over and over to get you pumped up for the gym, or the recommendations that you share with your friends on the top six comedy podcasts that are best to listen to on a long road trip, or even your new haircut, which may or may not be an epic bowl cut from the 90s and hopefully is. Everything that makes you, you makes all the difference. State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. Your plan, your coverage selections can be personalized by you. And the ability to choose the plan you want by picking the options that fit you, like choosing to bundle your home and auto policies, is what the State Farm personal price plan is all about. Getting the coverage you want at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. How surprised would you be, James, if Jermaine Pratt is the Bengals' second linebacker on the depth chart with Logan Wilson next year? Pretty surprised because to me that would mean that they're going to keep Jermaine Pratt and let Logan walk. I don't think they're paying both guys. I just – yeah. Do you? I mean, do you think they're going to allocate? Everyone talks about are they going to allocate Joe Burrow and 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 T. Higgins and Jamar Chase, and that could be a, a one hundred million dollars. Are you going to give twenty million? And I think it would be around that 
to two linebackers? No. I don't think so. I just don't think that that's – especially because when those guys have been out, Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt have both missed time in recent years, and the guys behind them have stepped up in Luana Rumo's defense and played well, I think that's a spot where they could address in the, could address it in the draft, but it it just feels like Jermaine's, Jermaine Pratt's time is uh, is coming to an end here in Cincinnati. How much money will they spend on a free agent tight end, if any, this offseason? They better. They have to. They have to bring in a free agent tight end. They have one tight end under contract. Mitch Wilcox? Is that what you're rolling with? No. And and the one thing that you don't want is to go into draft night saying, man, it's time to get Michael Mayer. And then Mayer goes at 27th. And then you have to – or 25th. And or 20th. I'm, or whatever, right? Yeah. Goes off the board right before you. And then you're like, oh, well, we'll take the next best, best guy. It sounds good. It could also be a hell of a drop-off. And so mm-hmm. – and, and maybe it isn't Mayer. Maybe it's the other way. And they like – Dalton Kincaid, and they think he can be Travis Kelsey or whatever the case is. But, uh, yeah, they have to address that position in free agency. That's an absolute must. So it would shock me if they didn't. Now, how much money? Yeah. $5 million per? Maybe yeah, like – but if, but if Hurst gets – like what Brad Spielberger said, like if he's in mm-hmm. that 9 to $10 million range, it's like, all right, by Hayden. Yeah. We'll, we'll I mean, like last year, Hayden Hurst money. Yeah. Yeah. If you could find th- a, a three year or a three, three million, four million dollar tight end, which I think you can do, you just need someone who can block and catch a bit because they're going to address it in free or in, in, in the draft. They are, but you don't want to be banking on a rookie and you don't want to bank on that guy coming in and starting right away. That's a lot to ask. Well, you don't want to get to the draft and say, we're going to get a tight end who's going to come in and play for us, and then B. John Robinson's available to you. Correct. Then you have to draft B. John Robinson. Correct. <laughs> so, so B. John Robinson or Michael Mayer? It's about a 1% chance that both are there. Yeah. But? But if, if, if they were both there, who's higher on your board? Uh, we don't have it put together yet. No, not yours. Like who's higher oh, on the yeah. Bengals board, right? W- which one? And and so that would be the question. Which which position did you address in free agency and how? So is Samaj P. Ryan back? Is Joe Mixon on the roster with a restructured deal? Is Hayden Hurst back or some kind of veteran equivalent of that? There are just questions that I, I would have. I would need the answers to 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 fully answer that. But it would to me. Let's say it's some IJP Ryan and a replacement level tight end and all things are equal and both of those guys are there. Who's higher on your board? And if Robinson is sixth and Mayer is 16th, now if Mayer is seventh and Robinson is sixth, then I'd probably take Mayer. But it's, it's really, really close. And if it's close and one guy you think is just this can't miss type guy, regardless of position, I'm going to say take the can't miss guy. And of course, it's not regardless of position, but if there's a gap, th- that's where it gets hard. And that's what, and we'll talk about this in the future, but that's what we were talking about before the show that we're not going to get into in a ton of depth today. But if it's like Bijan Robinson, yes, he's a running back, but there's a cliff between him and the next player on your board. There's, there's a chasm. 
then that's where it makes sense. We we compared it to the Dax Hill pick last year, where maybe there's a big gap between Dax Hill and the next next guy, which we our, know for them there was. Our our Robinson conversation is going to be fun. Maybe we'll do that tomorrow. Well, tomorrow we're we're talking to Sam Munson from PFF for a draft. Maybe we'll run. do that. Maybe we'll do that next week. Maybe we will. Maybe we'll talk about it with Sam as well. Because I was listening to Sam. Sam. I was listening to Sam and Steve on the the uh, the PFF football show. I don't know if that's what it's called. I'll verify what it's called. Their their regular podcast that he and Steve Palazzolo do, and you know they were in agreement about the Bengals offseason pr- approach. They did their fixing the AFC and NFC North teams podcast today in in five minutes or whatever, and it was keep the the big three on offense together: Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase. Agreed. Get a tackle. And uh, th- that was that was the gist of it, for the most part. Get a wide receiver, probably, for sure. for the Tyler Boyd spot in the future. I mean, aligns with what what we're saying. And, and by the way, if they do those things, and you have some AJP Ryan and Hayden Hurst under contract, it allows you to take BPA. At 28, because again, I'd be pretty stunned if, and maybe Michael Mayer is there and they, they're just not as high on him and the NFL isn't as high on him by the time draft night rolls around or B. John Robinson is there, but he falls for whatever reason, like who knows. But as of now, I think that would be a tough dilemma and it probably doesn't happen because one or both are gone. Yeah. I mean, I do think they're going to get to the draft as we discussed before we started recording. I think they're going to get to the draft without needing a starter. Mm. Without being desperate for a starter at any position. Like, occasional players, sure, but I think they can get to the draft with a starting safety pair. Like, they'll, they'll, they'll find a second safety before the draft. I think they'll have a planet linebacker. Th- those are the big ones on defense, right? And, and so you're going to have Cheeto and Cam and Cam Taylor Britton. Maybe they don't have their, their corner. They won't that, have – I mean, if they cut Mixon, they won't have their running back. Piran's well, not but, a one. No, but he 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 could be a starter. We saw them win games like fifty-five, forty-five starter. Yeah, type. Yeah, okay. a guy that a guy they could lean on early in the year if they don't use a premium pick on a running back. Like, but they would lean on any rookie if if it's just Piran. They would have to lean on a rookie. Yeah, I mean, and it depends on the player and what their strengths are and like what they can do, right? Because they clearly are very selective with how they deploy their running backs, and they use Piran in certain situations. They use Mixon in different situations. Um, you know, they'll probably sign a tight end. They're not going to go into the draft needing a tight end one, but if they can get one, great. They're probably going to do something at tackle. They're not going to be going into the th- – that's all I mean. It's like they'll have guys that can start and can get sure. them through the season. But then they'll be looking for guys that might be better and, and, be guys, John Robinson. and guys to develop. Yeah, sure. And Michael Mayer? Both? Oh. Oh, how do you pull that off? Yeah. That's how? next. Who are you no, trading? I'm just kidding. I'm, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trading no one. By the way, the biggest surprise of the offseason would be them trading T. Higgins. Take yeah. that, Bears. And uh, whoever said that the Lions – was it Brad? Someone said uh, like five trades, offseason trades, and, and it was the Higgins yeah, was, to the Lions. It was Brad. Like, oh, well. Well, so Jamison Williams and in, in a first are coming back. Like, wow, we've we've been talking him up so much, and I love Brad's analysis 
and, and then we just had to bring up this I, this T Higgins trade that social media PFF social media put out there. I don't know why the Lions would do that, anyways. But uh, yeah, I also saw today somebody say the Bears trading number one overall for T Higgins, and I just was and, and oh, it was, it was um, I don't remember who was talking about it, but you would take that in a heartbeat, right? Number one overall, come on. I mean, they traded 33rd overall for Chase Claypool. Right. So they might do it. I don't. They wouldn't. I, I, they I can't believe any NFL front office would trade number one overall for an individual player who's not a quarterback. You're shrugging. I just, I, I'm, I know I'm speechless. I, I don't even want to go down this, this, these waters. Like, tier number one overall. Okay. Well, then you take the number one pick and you trade back. Yeah. In because it's outrageous. I would just instantly make that a three-team deal. Sure. And, and like have a back backdoor agreement like, hey, I'm going to land the number one pick. I want three ones, two twos, and a player, whatever. Whatever it is. Anyway, we're, we're really off the deep end here. That, that's why I didn't want to go into it is because that's what I would do if I was the Bengals. I wouldn't yeah. keep the number one pick. Let's get out of here, James. Tomorrow we're joined by Sam Monson. We're going to get a little bit of a draft primer with Sam. Did you hear that? About- Should the Bengals trade up for the number one pick and then move Joe Burrow and take Bryce Young? That's next on First Take. All right, go ahead. Oh, my God. That's what you tried to do. You tried to beat me with T against the number one. No way. That had oh. nothing to do with Joe Burrow. <laughs> That's Tomorrow we're joined. By Sam Monson to get a draft primer. Where does the draft have its strengths? Where is it weak? Where are we watching for players to show what they can do with the combine to boost their stock or prove that they belong where they're currently being projected? We'll talk about some of those questions with Sam tomorrow. Until then, Bengals fans, day and have a good one. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.